preparation, or tax preparation, Parker Mellinger is the solution for your tax and accounting needs. Call us today. Your initial consultation is always free at Harker Mellinger. 1811 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan. Summer heat continues. That means warm weather road trips. You're ready, but is your car ready? Will your tires survive hot weather driving? If not, Midas has a $100 rebate on name brand tires like Cooper, Hankook, Nexon, Nido, and Toyo. How's your vehicle's air conditioning? Not so cool? No worries. Midas works on all AC systems, new or old, including the most recent YF Freon systems. Getting and keeping you safely on the road for your summer travels. See Midas Tire and Auto in Sheridan. The Y.O. Theater Performing Arts and Education Center is excited to celebrate the arts in Sheridan with award-winning blues artist Kevin Burt and Big Medicine. Friday, August 18th at 7 p.m. than 25 years, Kevin Burt has been electrifying audiences with his warm voice and powerful presence. His soul-inspired presentation is unique, reminiscent of artists like Bill Withers and Aaron Neville. Join in celebration of the arts in Sheridan with Kevin Burt and Big Medicine, August 18th. Get your tickets now at the Y.O. Theater box office or online at yotheater.com. Hey there, folks. Is your water well just not the well you want? Feeling like you're stuck in a drought? You tired of waiting for water like it's a slow-moving turtle? Well, lift your head up high and take a walk in the sunshine. Call 307 Wildcat Well Service, and they'll have water flowing like a river. They know where the good water is and how to drill for it. If your current well is leaving you high and dry, Google 307 Wildcat Well Service for water. Cool, clear water, water. Hi, this is Christy Kinghorn with Buffalo Realty, and let's talk about Nine to Smith Court. This lake resort oasis on 5.16 acres overlooks Lake DeSmit. The layout of this four-bedroom, three-bath home has a master bedroom suite with a walk-in closet and master bath. Nice office and three more bedrooms and two more bathrooms. A large kitchen with an island separates the living room and the family room. Call me, Christy Kinghorn at Buffalo Realty, connecting people with property. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. Now, this morning, I am joined by Sheridan City Council members Greg Lumen and Stephen Brantz. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good. Now, uh, just just so we know, how have things been going on down at the city this summer? We've got all kinds of construction going on. Um, we've got some pretty big decisions having to do with, like, the Gould building, I think is what it was called, and things like that. How are things going? It's going yeah. well, I think. Um, the construction is moving right along. Um, they're actually on schedule and as of the last meeting before this rain again yeah. um <laughs> it was yeah. uh actually they were looking at maybe going beyond what they thought they would this summer have yeah. any 
business owners approach the city council pertaining to uh, struggles that they're going through uh, and this construction? Yeah, usually uh, when when I have gone to the uh, meetings for the YDOT meetings, it's it's been just general questions about when water will be shut off, when um, you know they'll be completed. Uh, there are some businesses that are struggling. I think the ones that are destinations like restaurants and that sort of thing, they tend to do okay. Um, but the little specialty shops and those sort of things, they're having a little bit more of a tough time. Yeah. yeah and I think it's also safe to say that even those that are outside of the construction area, I've heard some discussions about um, revenues are down a little bit. You know, inflation rates up. People are spending less money on less goods so, or more money on less goods. So even those that are outside of the the construction zone, they are they are concerned about yeah. the, the economy right now. So, And, you know, when, uh, when the city sent me this information that I'm about to tell these folks about, it kind of surprised me because these numbers you wouldn't think would really make an impact, but they do. Uh, now, according to annual estimates of the resident population for incorporated places in Wyoming, this is from the U.S. Census Bureau Population Division, it was released in May of this year. The population of the city of Sheridan in 2010 was 17,444. I've got some other numbers here, but I'm just going to go straight to 2022. 19,235. Over a 10-year period, the city's population has increased by 7.44%. Should this current trend continue by 2030, you know, it sounds like it's far away, but it's really not. By 2030, the city of Sheridan's average population could result in an estimated 21,785 people. One thing, uh, you know, we've got a separate show that we do. We talk about conspiracy theories and we try to find some sort of, you know, grounding reason for a lot of stuff. A lot of people want to say, hey, politics. A lot of people were saying, you know, the environment's changing. It's getting hot. And I feel that uh, the migration away from hotter parts of the nation hasn't even really begun yet. If, if this heat trend continues, we could actually see a bigger spike than this. And I'm not saying we're going to. I'm simply saying, you know, four or five years of living in that heat mm-hmm. starts to wear on you. And uh, so, in my opinion, this could even be a little bit more than than what we're estimating right now. Councilman Lumen, you are a former Sheridan Fire Rescue firefighter. Uh, in your opinion, does a population increase of this size that we've already gone through that we can look at put a strain on services unless they are adjusted in kind? Oh, I think you're already seeing that. Um some of the response times that we have to the north end of town are eight to ten minutes because it's so far away from the fire station. Wow. Uh, the goal is is four minute response time, um, but you know you're talking to Vacutech and some of those businesses. That's a long trip out there. Plus, you're developing that area too now, so there's a lot more homes going in out there um, with the park going in. All of those things add up. We're behind on the number of personnel and the station, a second station, to reach those 
uh, locations quicker and to meet that standard of four minutes. So I think the population increase, um, we were kind of stagnant for a while and we went from 30 back down to 15 line and now we're working back up with three new firemen that have been hired. Um, they're in the process of being trained right now and we're on a trend towards getting back to where the services I believe should be. I can only imagine the the increase in cost when it comes to ha adding another firehouse. First, you need the capital to actually follow through the construction, the manpower, and the equipment, which, whew, holy cow, oh, yeah. in this day and age. Um, how plausible is it that the city of Sheridan will have a second, and I know I'm putting you on the spot here, this is a guess, uh, but how plausible is it that we'll have a second firehouse within the next decade? I think it needs to be yeah. a high priority. And I really, um, when you look at any of the services, if you're, you talk about that, that front end, if you don't put the money forth and think into the future and slowly put money through and get those services up and go with the population, it's a sum of money that gets to be huge. Like you said, you know, developing a station and then hiring enough personnel to man that station, if you do it all at once, it's a lot. It's a lot of financial burden. As opposed to utilities and water and sewer, they've been increasing on slow increments so that that happens. It's less painful yeah. to, the, to the customers and to the citizens. So I, I think it's a need that almost has to be there. Yeah. See, this is something the city's also got to watch out for. We as councilmen, when we develop land and we extend our perimeters of our city, you know, we can actually look at areas that want to come in and say we want to uh, develop something on North Main even further out. You know, we may look at that and say, you know what, we really don't like that idea because we don't, we cannot provide you services. You know, we've talked about fire service, but then we also talk about police service. We talk about sanitation. So anytime this, a city grows, we have to look at it from a standpoint, can we provide services now for that? You know, so there's possibilities sometimes we expand so far north that we possibly could have looked into the crystal ball and say, we don't have the services to expand where we have already, let alone any further. So we've got to be really careful as we, as we build our town that we stay within our ability to provide services. What is that saying? Uh, build up, not out. Uh, I think is I think is what somebody says, and that's mm -hmm. kind of what that's referring right. to. Build up. Let's let's right. build up what we've got in the area yes. that we have instead of yeah. overreaching. And yeah. you know, so many people, and I can't blame them. But I've, I've lived here all my life, and I've lived a very meek and mild life. But a lot of people move in here, which is good. Town has to grow, but they they do develop these areas on the perimeter of our our city, and they want the four or five acres. They want the big lawns. They want all this, and. Um, with that comes the idea, we really don't want to be in the city. We really don't want that kind of uh, tightness. We want to have our little ranchette, yeah. but we want all the city services. Yeah. We want to be close to the road. We want to be close to the mail. We want to be, well, these are situations where sometimes the city may look back and say, you know what, that's not 
really conducive to our our population as a whole we need to build inward we need to infill we need to build some affordable housing uh, but can totally keep building further out with these ranchettes will totally engulf the community and the community as a whole cannot afford to provide services that far out right Right. Uh, I believe we've got a call, correct, Trevor? Uh, gentlemen, if you just throw your headsets on real quick so we can hear this caller. Uh, good morning. You're on Public Pulse. What's your question for our council members? Good morning. I have a question that I feel will feed right into what you're talking about. My concern is traffic. And I guess the big question is, um, does the city have contingency plans for the amount of traffic? And I guess what I'm talking about, if you consider Fifth Street, Sparrowhawk, Sheridan Avenue, and I'm sure there are others, the traffic is so heavy that it is very difficult to turn left without a left turning lane on some of those streets. And you don't dare back out of your driveway uh, for fear of getting schmucked by somebody because these were kind of neighborhood streets and now they're main arteries so my question basically is how is the city thinking about traffic in the future and a second part of that would be at one time we considered a bypass and i believe it came from over on the bighorn road maybe to i-90 um and I, I don't remember all the details, but I do remember that it was not an acceptable idea at the time. But uh, would, the would the city consider being a part of something like that? So just talk about traffic for me. Uh, Thank you very much. Excellent question. Excellent question. I think uh, that's something a lot of people have noticed and seen. Uh, you know, there are some streets that... <laughs> During lunch, me and my wife do our best mm -hmm. to try and avoid, mm -hmm. uh, literally just because, you know, we want to get there, get the food, get back quickly. And we know some places are a little harder than others. And, and as a former firefighter, I could only imagine uh, having an emergency that you've got to get through. So has the city had these discussions as of yet? Uh, I'll field this one okay. first. Good. Um, on my way in to come here. Uh, coming down Lauks, anybody that comes from in that from that side of town, you know the traffic sometimes at Lauks and Thurmond is just it's backed up three four blocks. Yeah, wow. Um, and then what happens is you increase that side traffic through the the neighborhoods because people are trying to avoid because, that. Yeah, and I I'm one of those people. I'll, if I see it backed up, I'll take a right and go around all that. So yes, the city is looking at that. Some studies, I mean, they're const we're constantly doing studies of what traffic and how it flows. And if there's concerns, we'll do studies on how much traffic, what speed they're going, all of that. Um, so that is a constant um, thing that we're studying. The other thing is that bypass. It is still in the works. There are some conversations about, you know, can we complete part of it? or even complete part of it paved and part of it maybe um, uh, gravel so that we can maybe get some of this construction traffic, which everybody is seeing in town, because the only way in and out is going through town with those big trucks. So maybe relieving some of that through getting that bypass completed. So there are discussions going on. Yeah, one thing I wanted to bring up too, I was I'm fortunate I'm retired, but I took on a driving a school bus about 10 years ago 
and uh, just to share that we have a certain uh, time clock we run by and 10 years ago you would have seven minutes to go from the college to the high school like if you had buses with kids and um, so like 10 years ago seven minutes was adequate to go from like again the college up to the high school now that's increased it to about 15 minutes because of traffic wow. and the stoplights and so you know everything has to be considered when we build or accept you know these subdivisions and building and and uh, like Miss, like Greg said, um, I think we're going to look at the bypass eventually. But however, it goes back to the money. It's yeah. always money. You know, roads are yeah. so dang expensive to build. Um, I know that we do our best to try and yeah. keep costs down. We reach out for grants and and we try to partner, but it just seems like that cost increase is just constantly going up and up and up and up. Uh, we're going to continue with our Sheridan City Council when we return. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. tired of dealing with complicated bank switches? At First Federal Bank & Trust, we understand that where you bank matters and switching to the right bank should be a breeze. Introducing ClickSwitch, your ultimate solution to hassle-free direct deposit transfers. With ClickSwitch, we automatically move your recurring direct deposits from your old account to your new account. It's simple, safe, and takes just minutes. When you bank with First Federal, you're not just a customer. You're a valued member of the community. We take pride in living and working right alongside you, contributing to the growth of our local economy. First Federal Bank & Trust, Member FDIC. Choose from a wide range of sectionals, sofas, and love seats. Receive even larger savings on all in-stock accent chairs and ottomans. Find your favorite sofa in stock or customize your piece in the leather or fabric that best suits your lifestyle. Moss Holder's living room sale even includes all reclining furniture for the living room. So if you've been considering updating your sitting room, TV room, or living room, now's the perfect time. That's Moss Holder's living room upholstery sale going on now. Moss Holder's furniture is our passion. Dugard Construction is a leading custom home builder in Sheridan, Wyoming. Their dedicated team brings decades worth of collective experience to the table. A commitment to consistency, quality, and delivering on expectations has produced great relationships with their clients and provided them with lasting memories of a great building experience. To find out why Dugard Construction is the best choice for your custom home, visit dugard.co. D-A-U-G-A-A-R-D dot C-O. It's a customer appreciation event this week at Shipton's Big R. Join Sheridan Media Live. We broadcast Saturday from 11 to 2. Enjoy free brats and a soft drink and register to win big prizes like a Lincoln Welder, a $500 shopping spree, a Massimo 125cc Jeep, a Kodiak 57 rifle case, and a lot more. $25 gift cards will be given away every day. Stop in and join us Saturday from 11 to 2 for the customer appreciation event at Shipton's Big R. 2049 Sugarland Drive in Sheridan. It's time to cowboy up and register for the annual Wolf Creek Wrangle Trail Run. Race day is September 16th. You can run, hike, or participate virtually in a 5-mile, 7-mile, half-marathon, or 30K. Hosted by the historic Eaton's Ranch, and all proceeds benefit Habitat for Humanity. Spots are limited, so register at runwolfcreekwrangle.com. This race brought to you by Fremont Toyota of Sheridan and sponsored in part by Sheridan Media and Sheridan County Travel and Tours. 
of Good of Sheridan presents the 2023 Sod Farm Festival fundraising event, 3 p.m. Saturday, August 19th at Greenside Up Sod Farm. Bring your lawn chairs and blankets for a fun evening of local music. Enjoy food from Stoked Fired Pizza and Beano's, as well as drinks from Luminous, Sheridan Liquor, and the Columbian Coffee Guy. Advanced tickets are $25 at sodfarmfest.org or $30 at the gate. Proceeds benefit Sheridan Foster Parent Exchange and Sheridan High School Band. This event is sponsored in part by Sheridan Media. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. My guests this morning are Sheridan City Council members Greg Lumen and Stephen Brantz. We've been talking about the population increase here in our city and how the city is is doing their best to try and adjust for this and what's the best strategy when you uh, get these kinds of problems and and you know when you look at the numbers it's 7.4 percent growth over 10 years i don't i i'm i'm not one of those individuals who who kind of keeps track of that stuff so i don't know if that's big or or if that's kind of average but i would imagine that's somewhat average 10 you know it's not really that many people but the strain on services the strain on housing it's amazing how that small amount can really you know kind of stretch those out we do have another caller gentlemen uh so real quick uh we'll take this question go ahead you're on public pulse what question do you have for our city council members well, it regards uh, fire department. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, we can. Okay, I'll get right to the point here. Uh, my questions would be this. In building a second uh, 24-7 fire department, I have three questions. One, we have an existing volunteer fire department in the donut area, the mile outside the city limits, and that's located up at the airport it is volunteer i do realize that how it does that particular entity figure into the equations the discussions about a second fire station within the city limits where would this fire station be built or located should it come about and is there any discussion about ambulance service it usually you would think you would have to have a proportional ambulance service proportional to your fire stations. Perhaps that's incorrect. But those are my three questions. Does the Goose Valley Fire Department figure into this discussion at all? Where would you locate a new fire station? And what about accompanying ambulance service? Used to be, of course, um, fire department was also ambulance service. That's not been for some time. But is that also a factor in your calculations and i'll get off and listen to your answers thank you all right thank you vicky now uh just for the record we're not building one uh correct no, this not, is not in the works it's not in the works of being built okay. at this point it's still in the works of locations and when you consider what um, vicky had just said is you know you look at the location of where goose valley's station is and it's on the southern part of town up near the airport so we're looking more towards the north end of town. Um, what would best serve that end? Because our timing to the south is pretty good. That four minute response time goal is fairly good down there. And then it's pretty good all the way up to where the railroad tracks used to cross Main Street. But beyond that point, that is where um, the response times are not being met. 
So that's the end of town that we're really looking at as far as the station. Plus, if that earlier caller had talked about the bypass, if that gets put in, that access to that would be easier from the north that end. That could that could help out quite exactly. The, um, the thing with the Goose Valley is that it's not you can't meet that response time with the volunteer department because they have to respond from their residents to the station and then they respond from there well that's usually eight to ten minutes so just to get to the station get accumulated and go out from there so it doesn't really get factored in other than the number of personnel on scene once the incident has been addressed initially and additional personnel after that now just just so folks know uh, I, i'm gonna interject here I'm, a whole house could go up in, in eight to ten minutes. Everything that you know and love could be gone. Yes, and current, you know, got to love the current building standards and the uh, uh, supplies they use to build houses now. There is a, you know, with the lightweight construction, it also creates an issue with uh, collapse during that ten, that eight to ten minute wow. time span. You you're actually putting the firemen there right about the time that that is when it's feasible that the building may come down. Newer construction. The older construction, you know, they use true two by fours, true two by eights. So it's not as big of a factor. But um, it is, it's, it's personnel getting them there as quick as possible. Like you said, it does not, we always use the acronym that, or the example that for every 30 seconds, the fire doubles. Wow. So, you know, you can take that and it's really important to get there early and with personnel that you can handle the situation with. Now, uh, uh, touching on the last part of her question, ambulance service. Uh, this is something that's always usually discussed because we do contract that out, correct? Correct. It's a private entity. Yes. And so, I don't know, I'm, I'm looking at it more as like if they're going to expand, which I think they probably should. Um, to cover, get that coverage, but they're covering the entire county too. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, wow. So, it should be very similar to what they're doing now. It's just a matter of um, either city or county, but they are covering the county now anyway. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I did want to interject one thing. We talked about location, and it's only a discussion right now with the fire department. Right, but right. We do realize there is a difference in insurance for the consumer if you have a volunteer fire department or if you have a professional fire department. But something to consider, you know, we are talking about, and I'm a, a strong advocate of moving our housing in, to the east of Sheridan. I don't want to see too much go west because that's obviously the the mountains you're, and the heading, green you're heading up yeah yeah and so anyway i'm really looking forward to the east because it's open land it's, it's you know it's not that most desirable so as we build to the east again we're looking at well we built to the north we build to the east that'll also be in the discussion where that new fire station should be then we also deal with the railroad on fifth street so again if we have a fire station that can get up on the interstate and then back to the east part of town but We've got to be careful those placements of anything we put as a fire station, what possibly could hold them back. Mm -hmm. So so much to consider when yes. you're really looking at a new location, isn't it? Oh, yeah. There is, there's a lot. And I know um, the Gary and Chad down at the station, they, that is a very big 
consideration for the future. They are looking into it continuously on what our staffing is and where we could grow. And uh, we actually are in a catch-up mode, I believe. Really? Um, yeah. And it's not, you know, it's funny because it's not just the fire department. You look at the parks department. In the last 13 years, they've doubled the amount of land, over doubled the amount of land that they're servicing because people want the green space. Absolutely. It brings in tourists. It brings yeah. in money. A oh, lot of yeah. people don't think yeah. that it's, it's worth anything. But the fact of the matter is so many travelers I hear, I came for the trails. You guys have an excellent trail system, trail system. They love being, I mean, that's the idea of Wyoming, isn't it? I'm getting away from the urban sprawl. Right. I'm getting out of that, and I'm getting close to the Bighorn Mountains. And those, those trails go mm -hmm. right through those Bighorn Mountains. Is, this is what the public wants. When we do our surveys, we talk to our constituents. They like the pocket parks. They like the, the amenities that we, we provide. So um, we're very fortunate to have the revenues to do that. So... Um, we're going to keep continuing on and doing what our what constituents want us to do. Absolutely. And, and it's one of those things, you know, it falls right into exactly what we're discussing. How does a population increase really affect a municipality? Even if it's only a couple of thousand people over a 10-year period, it really does put a strain. Now, uh, we've talked a little bit about parks, uh, the Parks Department, how they've, I mean, really increased the oh, land that they've got to take large. care of. Mm -hmm. uh, just a couple of quick questions regarding utilities. We get a lot done as far as that in the downtown area right now, uh, as mm -hmm. you know, making sure that we've got new sewer, new water, uh, the lifeblood of the city. Is there anything else that the utilities department is telling city council? You know, we need to consider X, Y, and Z. Tommy, you got it. Well, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Got it. I was going to say uh, one of the areas this winter was really rough. I mean, we had storm after storm after storm, and the streets department was trying to clear snow. And I don't know that I've ever been in a community where there aren't complaints about the snow removal process. I mean, coming from Minnesota originally, it was like it was a constant. So we are looking at areas to go to a new system, possibly a three-year um, integration of odd, even sides of the streets being cleared. Um, on certain days of the week. So an odd day of the week, if your house number is odd, you can't park in front of your house so that the street department has a clear shot Yeah. all the way through. Now, it's not, you can't just change and then everybody's with it. It's going to take some time. Um, but you think about it, like this morning I heard the street sweeper coming through my neighborhood. Of course, I had my trailer on my pickup, so I parked in front of the house on the street. And I'm thinking, okay, he's got to go around me or she's got to go around me. And it's the same thing with snow removal. If there's a vehicle there, now you've got to go around the vehicle and come back in and try and maintain and not block them in. Yeah. Remove and don't hit them because that does happen every once in a while too. But if you had a clear shot from one end of the block to the other, think about how much simpler that is and how much right. more effective that is on removing that snow absolutely you, know? uh, you wake up in the morning and yeah i had to park across the street but i've got a direct shot to work mm -hmm. uh, i don't have to do too much shoveling uh and and i know that that it's that way all the way down plus as you said on the actual plow operator they know exactly they just hit that straight line and go yeah and that was a suggestion that came in from a citizen too and I was aware of it, but it hadn't been really incorporated yet. So we're going to 
give it a shot, see how it goes, you know. So over the next, uh, the course of the next three years, we're going to be running a campaign within the city to try and adjust to this, uh, I don't know what you call it, change. Yes, this, change. Adjust to this oh, change. It could be due to climate. I mean, it's it, we're getting a lot of little storms and a lot more storms. But, yeah, it's adjusting and, and trying to do the job better with the cooperation with the citizens. Yeah. Yeah, saving money in the end, really. Mm -hmm. How much gas is burned? You know, how much diesel burns right. when you got to stop? Okay, now I got to kind of go around this. I got to be ginger as I do it. And, and you now you take that mm -hmm. and incorporate problems like that throughout an entire city. Mm -hmm. And it's only 4 a.m. Yes. You know, it's <laughs> holy cow. Yes. <clears throat> and uh, now. What about the increase in population on the police department? I, I have regular conversations with uh, our police department. Um, you know, love those guys to death. They, they run such a, a clean program down there, hiring off of character. I think we've got an excellent police force expanding on that uh, with a population increase. What is the city council here? Well, what I've heard... <clears throat> To be honest with you, there's a lot of people that are concerned. They see, they think they see too many policemen. You sit on Main Street and you might see three police cars go up and down Main Street. So somebody will say, oh my gosh, there's too many, too many police officers. But statistically, we're probably understaffed by several positions. Um, it's like anything else. You really don't know how many police officers we have, but you sure like when they show up at your house if you need them. Um, they have a a good good department right now. I don't think it's overstaffed. In fact, I think they're a little bit understaffed. But um, sometimes the public they just see too many cars and they think there's too many. Yeah. But it's not the case. It's not the case at all. So now um, I'm going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come back after this. We're going to continue talking about these effects of population control. We're going to go over some projects that are currently in the worst. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Sheridan. Tired of dealing with complicated bank switches? At First Federal Bank & Trust, we understand that where you bank matters and switching to the right bank should be a breeze. Introducing ClickSwitch, your ultimate solution to hassle-free direct deposit transfers. With ClickSwitch, we automatically move your recurring direct deposits from your old account to your new account. It's simple, safe, and takes just minutes. When you bank with First Federal, you're not just a customer. You're a valued member of the community. We take pride in living and working right alongside you, contributing to the growth of our local economy. First Federal Bank & Trust, Member FDIC. Hi, this is Colton Bates with the Best Real Estate Team, and I'm curious, do you love your home? If so, great. We hope you continue to cherish what you can call yours. But if you had conversations with people who say that the right home for them is hopeless, the market has its challenges, but we don't want your friends, family, and people you know to feel like home ownership is impossible. So we're asking, do you know anyone looking for a new situation, whether it's their first home or a new home? Best is here to provide creative ideas and help those you know feel more prepared and hopeful than ever before. Call me, Colton, at 675-BEST or visit bestwi.net for all of your real estate needs. Proudly brokered by eXp. Wyoming Corporate Office is located at 30 North Gould Street in Sheridan, and they provide a myriad of services. What is a registered agent, you may ask? The real question is, what aren't they? 
Wyoming Corporate Office can assist you in forming your LLC or Wyoming-based corporation, provide mail forwarding service, and accept legal and financial documents, and so much more. Learn more today by visiting wyomingcorporateoffice.com. Have equipment that works as hard as you do all year long. CNB has a wide selection of compact utility tractors that'll help you get the job done. During CNB's summer blowout event, you can get your own compact utility tractor for zero money down and zero percent interest for 84 months. Whether you're mowing, tilling, or thinking about pushing heavy snow, a compact utility tractor is versatile and can help you with any task. This zero percent zero money down offer won't last forever. Visit the team of experts or check out the inventory online at DeerEquipment.com. That's D-W-E-R Equipment.com. This is Dan with Captain Clean. If you find water inside your home, don't panic. Captain Clean is always on standby 24-7. Our trained and certified experts and staff will help you start to finish. From identifying the issue, extracting water, detecting moisture deep within your walls, ceilings, and floors, to utilizing state-of-the-art equipment and techniques that ensure your home is completely dry and feels new again. Call Captain Clean today at 672-0726 and don't let unexpected water ruin your day. Buckle up, road travelers. August is here, and it's time to hit the road. And where does that road start? Wearing Sheridan Chevrolet, the ultimate destination in finding a vehicle right for you. Their pre-owned inventory continues to expand, bringing you the best selection of quality vehicles. But you better act fast because these vehicles go off the lot as quickly as they go on. August is the month to hit the road, and the road starts at Waring Sheridan Chevrolet. Experience the wearing way of vehicle buying at one. 107 East Alger. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. Proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. My guests this morning are Sheridan City Council members Greg Lumen and Stephen Brandt. Now, there are some projects currently happening around the city. One in particular we talked about a little bit earlier, the Main Street Project seems to be moving at a really good pace uh they had some catching up to do because of the weather you can't lay concrete in the rain folks that's just uh the way it is uh councilman are you when you have these discussions uh, does why not uh engineer district four head engineer jake was not ever approach the council or is everything kind of going through these meetings oh well, i guess i could explain a little bit i worked for why dot for 35 years so I think YDOT is a, a super good partner when it comes to dealing with the city. So I think all that information and the, the, the working relationship between the city, the council, and uh, the state highway department is excellent. Uh, you know, you're right. We had a little bit of a, a slow start. It just anytime you have a construction project, it doesn't have to be shared and it could be anywhere. It could be interstate projects. It takes time to set up and there's usually a few little hiccups in it. You mentioned we did have the weather it was sort of behind us there for a while. Um, everything's going real well now. In fact, I actually heard they might end up with doing an extra block this year. Possibly. So once they get everything going and they get their system working and I have nothing but positive uh, applause for those people working on that system right now they are really i mean i walked down there mm-hmm. a couple couple days ago uh kind of just walked around looked at some of the art on the wall mm-hmm. you know on, yeah, on awesome. that shield and uh stopped and spoke with one of the uh, cr- uh shovel operators and uh he seemed to be like they're in good spirits mm-hmm. you know it's not just <clears throat> get to work and get this done but good morale uh and 
those who've served in leadership positions understand good morale really oh, feeds huge work. effect yeah huge effect. and uh, so from what i've seen mm-hmm. uh, not only are they progressing very well but they mm-hmm. kind of like being around they yeah. kind of like yeah. being yeah. here and shared it and they're bringing in income into the city as well i mean as a construction company those guys are here during the week so they're right. actually supporting the community too and they are genuinely involved in the community during the week yeah um you know in dsa downtown Sheridan association and they've been putting a lot of time and effort into trying to improve that relationship with the construction company and why dot um mm-hmm. the meetings have gone to by you know um, every other week next week will be the next meeting on tuesday um it's if you're interested in what's going on you come down and listen to the meeting. Um, it's usually just here's the update and here's um, any concerns you have, you can bring them forward. And one thing that I, I do appreciate is Laura Dallas. Uh, she's always been extremely candid, uh, straightforward in, in every time I've spoken with her. Uh, and, uh, you know, sometimes you got to try and pry information out of certain people. Not her. Boy, nope. <laughs> she's more than happy to let you know exactly what's going on. And I really do appreciate that about her. Now, let's go ahead and kick into other projects. We have got uh, the Main Street Historic Photo Project. This is something kind of big. Uh, I am running out of time. Uh, it's uh, We got a lot of great information. There's a lot going on in the city. But what is this Main Street Historic Photo Project? I only heard about this just a little while ago. Okay, yeah, this is uh, something that the city administrator, Stu McRae, has been really working on heavily with um, the Downtown Sheridan Association, um, some of the public Sheridan Public Arts Committee as well. Um, it's basically you can stand at a disc on Main Street that will be installed. It's a metal disc, and you can actually pull up on your, car- on your phone a picture of what it looks like, looked like 20 or uh, 100 years ago to now or 50 years ago to now. So you can kind of see it, look at it, see it back and forth. Mm-hmm. And they're also looking at doing some pictures right now with the netting and everything that's up for the construction. Right. They're uh, putting pictures up in in places so that you can see and look over and see what it would mm-hmm. look like as well. Oh, that's Very fascinating. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you kind of get a little history lesson while you're heading downtown. Again, mm-hmm. another great reason. Mm-hmm. Grab the kids, head yeah, on down exactly. there. Do a little window shopping, learn a little history. Yes. You know, when you know more about your city, one thing that I have noticed, ownership. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to ownership, uh, you know, like a, a soldier with his equipment, you make him feel as if you own that. That is yours. You take mm-hmm. care of it a lot better if you, f- if you feel that, that mm-hmm. this is mine, yeah. you know. You know, I think that's one thing about our community. I think we find that out when we actually vote on our GPEC or the op- optional one. People want to invest in this community. You know, we sometimes argue that our taxes are too high, our property taxes, which, you know, that's it for another story for the county commissioners. But the point is, a lot of that goes to the schools. So the city doesn't have this abundance of money just because your taxes went up. It goes somewhere else. But the community as a whole they support the optional one percent they want these amenities they want these uh, these niceties uh they invest in their community uh wholeheartedly so it's it's a wonderful thing we can do just like these plaques the other things we do like the pocket parks the other things we do like the hub center and these are things that our community is asking us to do, and so I'm so thankful that the community steps behind it and promotes that 
taxation so we can get it done because that's what makes the community a community you know you can't come into a community and say i like all these nice things but i don't want to i don't want to pay for them anymore i don't want to invest no, not yeah. now they're nice now but now we don't do that anymore that is wrong this is how it has been built up over the years this is what makes our community our community people invest in it and they're willing to and so i'm very proud i've been born and raised here so a lot of people say well you know you're one of those old guys that don't like change <laughs> well i'll tell you what an old guy i've seen all the change yeah i promote it i support it i can talk about change all the time it doesn't hurt me so um the thing is i don't see any reason that we shouldn't embrace change and do as our community wants us to and and have these amenities so i'm totally behind you know again like these plaque projects all that stuff makes our community very unique and very desirable not only for the tourists and those people that may want to live here someday but it makes it a better place for me to call home. Yeah, absolutely. And and you need something for the kids. Yeah. Yes. Otherwise, they are going to leave. They are going to leave. They are going to leave. And mm-hmm. they are the future of yep. this city. Now, speaking of the G-Pet, uh, it, it has been brought into question. So I do have to ask, do you believe that the general purpose excise tax is in accordance with the Wyoming Constitution? Yes. And it has been stated by our city attorney on numerous occasions that, yes, we are appropriating it properly and according to the state constitution and the guidelines that basically tell us how we can um, manage our money and manage um, the city itself. Yes, and I would echo that, yes. And, and of course, Sheridan isn't the only municipality in Wyoming that utilizes this option. Uh, I mean, there are cities all over, uh, to include our own capital city. Cheyenne utilizes this. And, uh, you know, I can remember having discussions in Buffalo with the mayor and the council over there when I was working in that area of the world. Um, It's one of those situations where a lot of it is actually paid for by the tourist Mm -hmm. who ends up pulling through. So, you know, they kick in. (laughs) We just kind of take advantage of that, which is a really good thing. Mm -hmm. Now, um, moving on down the line, when it comes to basic services provided by the municipalities to the residents, what are the towns and cities required to provide so if we look at if we were to just break this down to the bare minimum what would that be uh, basically all you're required is a city clerk and i yeah. believe a, what is there? I got a mayor or a, what is it no a city clerk and treasurer mm-hmm. um that's it right. and and you got to think of it as these little tiny towns that are out in the middle of nowhere that that's all they need for services to manage the money that yeah. they have then after that, you basically provide the services that your community wants. Right. Yeah. It's not mandated, right. but what is Sheridan accustomed to? What are they? What do the citizens want right. for services, and at what level? Well, you know, they want water and sewer. They don't want to have to build a house next to a neighbor and worry about a septic tank. So obviously, we don't do septic tanks anymore. You know, they want police service, fire service. They want the amenities. So. You know, our town has been built over many years to where we're at today. So all of a sudden to say, well, you know, we're going to take funding away from all that. Everything that's been made this town a beautiful community, we're taking funding away from because it's not constitutional. Yeah. That's just that's just wrong. You know, we have to continue and maintain the course to grow and prosper. And again, this may not be my home for another maybe 20 years i'll be gone but thank god there'll be people after me that'll going to like 
what we did for them. Absolutely. Uh, what's that saying? Uh, uh, old men yeah. plant trees yeah. in which the shade they will never sit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's yeah. the sign of a good leader of a, of a city, of a municipality. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, what city, because there are services, uh, I don't have a lot of time left, but uh, there are services where the county and the city do cooperate together. Uh, it, what are those? How do we collaborate? Well, we collaborate like what dog and cat shelter. I do know that. Mm-hmm. I know that we also collaborate on the hub, things like this. I think it's pretty obvious what the community wants. The community sounds pretty loud what they want, but the county and the city work along together so well that um, if there's a need, we always come together to make yeah. sure that need's accomplished. The other, yeah, the other thing is the housing land trust. That's a good one. Um, that's a big one that's addressing the needs yeah. for housing in this community. They've both yeah. put in money towards that yeah. and we're working with million. Habitat. Yep. And what a Free difficult toy. dichotomy to try and juggle as, as a leader. I will, I will say that, uh, you know, speaking with Ron Richter, speaking with Trevor, these individuals who've been doing this job for decades, they've been reporting on this mm-hmm. for 20 years. You know, this housing issue. Oh, my gosh. And and I, I've got friends that I grew up with back in Afton. Um, their parents were huge mm-hmm. landowners, but it was all farmland. It yeah. didn't, you know, it just passed from family to family. Now he's, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if I dare use the B word, <laughs> but yeah. uh, I know it's definitely probably the M word. Yes. Millionaire. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because now he sees the future and he wants to provide that. And... Uh, yeah, it's, well, there, it's there's not a town in this state of Wyoming, probably not a town in this whole country that's not battling with affordable housing. You know, this has been a battle cry that I've heard for over 20 years, if not more. When I bought my first house back in 1980, there was a terrible, terrible time getting a home because of the same pricing. I ended up getting a townhouse, but it's nothing new. Yeah. And uh, we're trying to find the right solutions. We're opened up for suggestions. We're doing the best we can. But if somebody out there in this United States of America has the answer, let us know. We're going to do the best we can. It's We're trying very hard, but it's a national issue. It's not just a shared Wyoming issue. And, you know, uh, again, I don't want to be any kind of doomsayer because there's no evidence of this, but uh, those southern states are going to get hot. Oh, yeah. And in 20 years, mm-hmm. someone's going to say, I am over it. Yep. And they're going to head up. Even right now, my father splits his time. Mm-hmm. Can't stand the heat in Texas during the summer, so he yep. comes home. That's right. Can't stand the winter anymore because yep. his bones are getting too old, so he heads south. So he splits his time. And uh, I think a lot of people are going to end up doing something like that or just saying, you know what, we're heading north. We're going to call it home. Mm -hmm. Council members, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show this morning. It is always a pleasure. Uh, I think we had an excellent discussion. Thank you. I really look forward to this, and I just wanted to say our biggest asset is our employees. Absolutely. So a shout-out to them. Equipment is great, but if you don't have people to operate it, it goes nowhere. It doesn't go anywhere. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE. At 103.9 FM, Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media as part of their community commitment. Clothing Connections is receiving these funds 
her random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Shared Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. At Shipton's Big R, our 12th annual customer appreciation event is all about you, our valued customer. It's three big days this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Stop by any of our Shipton's Big R locations and register to win big prizes, including a $500 shopping spree, a 125cc Jeep valued at $3,000, a Kodiak safe that holds 50 seven rifles. It's a $1,000 value. Ten rolls of premium barbed wire would normally cost you $1,000. A pallet of premium wood pellets worth $300. A Lincoln welder, a $400 value. Other giveaways include Dan Post boots, bags of horse feet, Vortex binoculars, cinch jeans, and lots more to be given away. You can even win $25 gift cards daily. Enjoy free brats, chips, and soft drinks on Saturday. You'll also find huge savings on DeWalt tools. During our 12th annual Customer Appreciation event at Shipton's Big R. Branded with quality, Shipton's Big R. On Sugarland Drive in Sheridan. It's that time of year, Wyoming. Rally week is here, and with that comes an influx in motorcycle traffic across the state and region. Especially on Wyoming Wednesday, when over 20,000 motorcyclists depart Sturgis and head to Devil's Tower and Hewlett for Ham and Jam, and then on to Sundance for the burnouts that day. It's up to all of us to keep each other safe. Whether you're on four wheels or two, keep your eyes on the road, obey posted speed limits, put that cell phone down, buckle up, and drive sober. A reminder from Not paid for by Highway Safety Funds. I'm here today with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. Tommy, hi! August is back to school, and it's time for parents to celebrate and treat themselves. Parents deserve that. Why not treat yourself to our great end-of-season deals? All dirt bikes, ATVs, and side-by-sides have been discounted just for you. Is financing available? Yep. Can-Am extended their 1.99% financing through the month of August. And because it's back to school, when you purchase a new Power Sport, you'll get a $100 gift card to Foot of the Bighorns and Sport Stop. Visit Sheridan Power Sports and purchase your new off-road vehicle today. Are you ready for the hottest deals in town? Get ready to save big on hot buys exclusively on SheridanMedia.com. Local retailers are offering incredible discounts with bidding starting at a jaw-dropping half-off of retail value. Certificates to restaurants like Shabby Shack and The Warehouse. Car wash tokens and beauty certificates. We have it all. Don't miss out on the chance to score amazing deals. Hurry, the auction ends at 8 p.m. sharp tonight. Visit SheridanMedia.com today and start bidding. Your wallet will thank you. From the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio on 103.9 FM and News Talk 930. K-R-O-B.